0: support and believe in universal basic income. I think it is imperative. I think we have gotten far too comfortable with leaving people behind. Mm
1: Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I am your host, Cody Kelly. Look, I am super excited about this. First of all, I have somebody that is need to know this person is going to be a future congresswoman that's going to affect our policies all four. So I'm super excited that she wanted to come on the show. Uh, my heart is going out. You know, I, this is a time when you get real gassy, you're just excited about that. But if you want to keep seeing amazing, leaders amazing influence you know what you gotta do subscribe to the youtube page at youtube at cb space k follow me on instagram at cb 33 and on the business page at cbmk underscore global and you know where to go you know we have our own fitness supplement line the chicago owners black owned. you gotta get this only at www.cbmkglobal.store get your pre-workout today's superpower vegan proteins all that good stuff is there the summer's here get the body you deserve but with that being said I got to tell you about how I came to meet this person. So my church Court, hosted uh, a forum of candidates to replace uh, Congressman Bobby Rush's seat for Illinois's first congressional district. There were about a thousand candidates and I sat through it and watched. And I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. And i was sitting there. But there was a couple names, this one being particular, that really stood out. There was preferred candidates that had highlighted names that should not be (laughs) mentioned, but there was just really a couple that really, to me, provided insight. Because when you're trying to have an elected official, we need to know who this individual is, what they stand for, what they're bringing to the office. So wrote her on LinkedIn. She was amazing. She said yes. And now we're here with soon to be Congressional Congresswoman Karen Norrington Reeves. And with that being said, Karen, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. I love uh your prophetic wisdom. <laughs> Put it out for <laughs> brother. Put it on out there.
1: That's it. You got to keep speaking it until it happens. That's it. That's it.
0: Speak it into existence, right?
1: That's it. Well, look, I'm I'm excited about this. I I have a few questions, right? Because as I mentioned before the show, and I had to wear these glasses to make me look intelligent cuz I know it's going to be on with you. I didn't even know I was living in the first congressional district. I was like, you know, Bobby Rush is probably not, you know, my congressman because I, you know, I, I vote in everything, but like sometimes you get to the ballot box, I'm just checking names, and then I'm gonna be honest with you. I probably shouldn't admit this. When I don't recognize a name, I Google. I take my phone with me and I Google, and I'm like, mm, okay, okay. You <laughs> know, I, I literally give a thirty second glance and make a decision. That's the. Worst possible way, probably, to make you know candidates. Well,
0: decision, but it's true. listen. At least you're googling. I mean, some people get in and play any, mini, mighty mo. I know some folks who vote for names that sound of a particular persuasion, right? right. So, um, yeah. So at least you Google. I give you credit for that.
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But at, at the event, you know, you really stood out, and you answered the questions, and definitely you didn't shy away from anything, um, and you weren't afraid to be different. Um, we had some it was crazy because like one guy was like a serious, like Trumper, and I mean like everything was it was just it was just a lot of moving parts. It was a lot, it was a lot lot of moving parts there. But I have some of my own questions because I want to know, right? Like, okay, what is all this about? So my first question to you, and it's simple, you know, we got the January 6th committee going on right now. Uh, Chicago has about 30 different names that just dropped in for mayor. I don't know from Paul Vallis to Gary Chico to just the whole host. Willie Wilson is running again. I mean, it just seems like anybody with a Twitter handle is throwing their name in the rat, you know, in the, in the race. And you know, why, why get involved with this political monstrosity?
0: So listen, I think that, um, everybody has their own motivations for, for running i can't speak to what anybody else thinks or why they decide to do this i um it is so trite to say you know i have a heart for service or i love people i will i will say this i'm in this race because i feel like our district this moment in time is a crucial moment in time not only for the first congressional district but for our country our democracy is at stake and so i am in this because of my depth and breadth of policy experience from public education to public health to public utility regulation to you know the last 11 plus years doing workforce development and economic development i'm in this race because i think that economic development is just the core we, we have a very diverse district from city to you know, urban to rural to exurban to suburban. And the common thread for everybody is economic development and just the economy overall. And so I know that my depth and breadth of experience can be brought to bear to impact that. And I decided to put my hat in the ring. And I had a conversation with Congressman Brad Schneider a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's like, how are you? You know, how are you feeling about everything? And I said, look, I think something's wrong with me. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I talked to an elected official and she was just like, oh, campaigning is horrible. It's awful. Ah. And I said, but I'm actually enjoying this. And he said, well, then, you know, it's your jam. He said, if you get energized by doing this, then you know that you're in the right place. So I'm in the right place. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel called and led to do this.
1: I like that. Call it. That's not a phrase I hear too often. Uh, usually, you know, as you stated, a lot of times when you ask these questions, uh, it's always about, you know, the service and I have, you know, I care about the people. And I, I think it's, it's hard to, um, I won't say believe candidates, but it's hard to trust them because everybody does have their own goals. Right. And and it's fair. Every human being should have their own goals. I'm just taking yeah. that away from anybody, yeah. but it feels like, politics now has become like a LinkedIn profile page, right? Like it's the next gig to the thing, right? Like I start here and then I'm gonna be Senator and then I'm gonna run for president, right? Like, it's not like my job is to serve the people and I'm in the fight until I can't do it anymore. It almost yeah. seems like, you know, it's it's just another notch. So what what is separating you? Like to me, the only two, um, three candidates uh, that really, to me- connect and have an understanding of what needs to be done um is you jonathan swain and State senator jackie um what even in that little criteria because that separates you from the other 300 that are running what <laughs> what 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 makes you different uh than your peers
0: uh, and it's funny, you say 300. Typically people say to me, oh, who's in that race? And I say, no, who's not in that race? Sometimes I say, you mean the 1,993 people? Uh, so yeah, you're being generous. Um, you know, a couple of things. First of all, it's interesting that you named those 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 three folks as the ones who stood out to you. Um, I have tremendous respect for for Jackie Collins. And I feel like she has integrity and character and a moral compass. That I think is lacking in politics generally. I think I share that with her. Uh, you know, Jonathan is very smart. Um, obviously, he's got he's got both an MBA and and a JD. Uh, you know, sometimes I listen to him answer questions, and I'm like, "Oh, that's a really great answer, right?" Um, but what sets me apart is my experience. So, what I hear from people throughout the district are two big themes that that sort of resonate with them. One is economic development. The other one is around violence and crime. Mm-hmm. And for me, one is a big part of the cure for the other. And out of all the candidates in the race, whether it's the small pool that you just identified or the larger pool, I'm the only one with a significant substantive record that you can touch a tangible record of demonstrated outcomes with respect to economic development, job creation, and quite frankly, violence mitigation. And so I I think that is what distinguishes me. It doesn't hurt that I've been endorsed by Congressman Rush because of that record, right? Um, But I think, you know, my record of job creation, the fact that as the founder and CEO of the Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership that I was with my team's, uh, obviously with my team's support, but with my leadership, was able to place more than 100,000 people in employment, you know, it matters. And it wasn't just about putting people in any old job, it's putting them in career pathway opportunities. It was the relationships that I developed with the private sector, the relationships I developed with the philanthropic sector, the only person in the race that has brought together you know, government, private sector, philanthropic in order to actually create lasting, substantive impact for our communities throughout Chicago and Cook County. So that's what distinguishes me from the rest of the pack.
1: I like that. Let's let's sit upon the economic uh, growth and development. So um, Linda, Linda Baines Johnson, former president Linda Baines Johnson, had this idea of a great society that basically mm-hmm. you could eradicate the ills of society through economic uh, incentives economic progress and development. Somehow we shifted focus <laughs> and got away from that. And instead of going past nineteen sixty eight, now it seems like it's eighteen sixty eight in some instances. And you know, we're not hearing anything about true economic development. You know, um the Bureau of Labor Statistics are always reporting these record low numbers, but it seems like it's falsified information. Out of that percentage of it's four percent, four point three percent, however the president says what percentage of that are those jobs are actually making above a certain number fiscally, right? And then that oh, I
0: thought you were going somewhere else with this. <laughs> I was about to like snap you up, like in, in a positive way. I mean, I yeah. thought you were going somewhere else with that. I'll tell you in a second. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: So, no, 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 they're no, good. So, I, I guess for me, is how do you implement change economically? Because it feels like it's more of a talking piece than a real solution.
0: Mm. Okay. So, a couple of things. One where I thought you were going with going on the BLS thing is the data that they give is the best data they can they can access, right? So there's this concept of garbage in, garbage out. So when you got bad data in, you can only do but so much with that bad data. So where I thought you were going was around the unemployment rate, the unemployment numbers, uh, because you know now they're saying we're at six percent or eight, whatever it is. I, I Never put any stock in it, because what I know is that when you slice those numbers by race, by gender, by demographics, right, by geography, those numbers are just astronomically different. So when we look at black men between the ages of 20 and 35 or 21 and 35, and we point to specific communities in Chicago or in the south suburbs, the unemployment rate, I've seen it as high as 40%. Right. And so those numbers that the BLS spits at us do not do us justice when it comes to understanding the depth of the challenges that we face now. Economic development as a talking point. is not a talking point for me, for my life. Is It has been, honestly, my life's work. Um, I know what it looks like to make lasting impact and change for people. Sure. For some, you can do it in these massive ways. So for example, when my team and I worked with Mariano's, and this may sound like a funky example, but I want I want to explain it. Um, when we work with Mariano's, we screened 3,500 people. 1,500 got placed through that first tranche of stores that they opened, but they weren't just placed in low level entry wage jobs. We placed all the way up to managerial positions that were starting at $100,000 a year. And placing folks in the retail sector you grow within three months. You can be moving up and moving into, honestly, moving into managerial positions. Um, and so I know the difference that that makes in somebody's life. And for every one person that you employ, you impact five people minimally. And so the way that the way you can think about that is, it's not just the people in their home. So if I I, I have a household with you know two kids, I'm impacted my kids because They're eating better. Um, Their needs are being provided for, you know, our transportation is more solid. I also help to support another family member. Right. So then that's that's how you get to that number, those five. It can also be the neighbor down the street who says, hey, man, where are you working? Well, how much do you make there? Do they have any openings? And then then that person, you know, goes on and gets hired there. Manufacturing jobs in Chicago, the primary way. What's up? I'm super pumped.
1: Just got done with another workout. It's your boy CBMK33. Connect me on Instagram. And on the business page, CMK so global. You know how I get through it. You know how I get that pump look.
0: <laughs>
1: Best pre-workout on the market. W.cdmkglobal.score.
0: The if folks get hired it's through word of mouth. It is their neighbor, it is their friend, it is their family member. And so this that, that economic development that economic impact is yeah. not just a talking point is real now the challenge for us and the challenge for anybody in this congressional seat the challenge for any elected official is to do this work at scale for a, a true impact and so scale is when you have something like a marianos where they open up you know at the time they were like look we're projecting to open up 26 doors, right so we, there's huge opportunities there um Scale is, you know, Hospitality Hire Chicago in, a, in an event that my team and I dreamt up five years ago, where literally we're bringing in hundreds of people at a time for, for hiring opportunities. Um, but the other way that you get to scale is something like Discover, where they started off with 100 spots, and then they grew that to 150, and that's going to grow to 1,000 over the next couple of years. So what, what I know works is that one-off, but what we have to do in order to have the deeper impact is to grow that one off to scale. I Does that it. make sense?
1: No, that, that, makes is- a, that makes a lot of sense. Scale- I think scalability is, is the focus. Some would push back and say uh, basically the market. And I, and I hate this pushback. I hate this conservative talking point, but the market can't support it. If you demand an increase in wage, right? Mm-hmm. So if everybody is at hundred K or higher the cost of everything therefore increases with it, or the employer can't afford to keep them at that pay raise, which is interesting because the ones that say that are the billionaires. And it's like, this is just not adding up. But is is the answer is the answer dual sided. And what I mean by that, like, is it the scalability and is it some type of subsidized uh, subsidization? And what I mean by that, like is, is a living wage necessary at this point? Do Americans need a guaranteed income?
0: So I completely support and believe in universal basic income. I think it is imperative. I think we have gotten far too comfortable with leaving people behind. And there are people in our country that simply don't have. It's not that they don't have. They don't have to the extreme. And it ought not to be okay with us we ought to care more about human life than we seem to demonstrate. Uh, What is called the minimum wage now and what people are patting themselves on the back about to me is a wage that you pay a teenager, $15 an hour, $15 an hour translates to $30,000 a year. Now, When I graduated from college in 1991 and became a teacher in the Teach for America teaching corps, my salary out of college in 1991 was $26,000 a year. $30,000 a year is not what you can support a family on. And I don't call that a living wage. I call that a surviving wage. And what I think people are entitled to is a thriving wage, a wage that allows them to take care of themselves, their family, you know, pay a car note, uh, have a decent roof over your head. I'm not saying that everybody has to live, you know, up on a hilltop and, and, you know, in in a McMansion, Uh, but everybody should be able to live comfortably and to support themselves and their family members they ought to be able to afford child care they ought to be able to afford health care they ought to be able to afford prescription medication they ought to be able to afford to feed themselves and to pay for gas i mean you know we got gas approaching um, seven dollars a gallon at this point and so You know, the people that get most hit by that are the people who have the least and we can and should do better. So, yes, I believe in universal basic income. Uh, I believe that, you know, the wages that we're saying pass as a minimum wage are not significant enough. I'm not saying everybody has to be at one hundred thousand dollars a year, but there is a middle ground. I think, you know, we use these extremes um, as the example. And when we do that, we water down the arguments on both sides.
1: No, that's fair. Uh I totally I totally agree. I think uh I uh I'm definitely a proponent of universal basic income. I and it's crazy because even uh, hundred thousand dollars, no you know, when you when you guys through the and whatnot, I thought, man, when I got out of college, mm-hmm. I was like, I saw my wife, I was like, ooh, you know, my goal was I just gotta make thirty thousand <laughs> and i now I'd be pissed off if I made thirty. You know, like it's it's, it's just it's What it takes to, we're not talking about the Lamborghini lifestyle, living out Lake Forest. We're talking about going to the grocery store and making a choice between general raisin brand and the actual raisin brand, the purple box, right? Those simple decisions that don't need, uh, you know, uh, an economics degree to make that all, you know, citizens, every human being should be able to do without thinking twice about it. And it seems like we've politicized decency. Like, just decency. Not Absolutely. <laughs> I mean,
0: we, we have, you know, when, um, oh, gosh, I can't even name which one because there's so many who just didn't make any sense. But when Republicans started talking about um, banning certain foods as being, uh, you know, permissible purchases with EBT, you know, and snap, snap dollars, I was like. Really? So people and and now you know rotisserie chicken is classified as non-food. Oh wow. So you know, you go to the prepared meal section. So mm-hmm. you can't even buy a prepared meal because somehow that that you're not worthy of that. I mean that that is really what it's saying. You know, and they went into this big thing about oh people shouldn't be buying lobster. Nobody was buying lobster with
1: <laughs> No. They haven't even been no. to the Jewel on 35th. <laughs>
0: hey, nobody
1: buying lobster out that Jewel. They (laughs) they don't don't really know Chicago issues.
0: (laughs) Well, it's just the most ridiculous thing. But I'm like, if it's food and you want to feed yourself, you ought to be able to buy it. It's just, oh, my gosh.
1: Anyway. Absolutely correct. Look, I got one more question. I know we're running out of time. Shirts off, you want to look and feel your best. Summer's here, you know how you look that. Be at your best, the best pair, the best of the be I got with me the best pre work on the market. Superpower only at www.cb, as in burning mkglobal.store. Shirts on or shirts off, you want to look and feel your best. Best intra and post-workout recovery. He's a saucy, only at www.cbmkglobal.store. Um, safety. I don't even feel like... This is sad. I don't even feel like safety is a even a Chicago issue anymore with the it's recent a national events
0: issue. It's, it's
1: a national a, issue. Yeah, it's a national issue and it's like it it it's almost where I think in times past, you know, you had one group that said, "Yay," other group was, you know, "Nay," you know, but now, you know, it's it's so complex. You got all these different subgroups and and depending on who you talk to, you know, you can really become offensive. We start saying, Hey, we need to regulate the second amendment. And they'd be like, what? It is like, wait a minute. You know, I'm not saying a limit. I'm just saying that nobody needs access to an assault rifle. No, you know, I feel like if I can pay car insurance and I got to get my car registered and do all these things, you know, annually, you should as a gun owner (laughs) have to register some type of format. Listen, What does gun safety look like
0: nationally? So two, two, two points. Maybe three. Um, you know, I got a notice from people's gas that said if I didn't let them come in my house and check my meters, that they were going to turn my gas off, right? So they do this every couple of years. You have to have an inside safety check. We regulate driver's licenses, buying alcohol, your utility, you We are public utilities more than we regulate access to a military grade weapon that was intended to destroy people. Yeah. I mean, let that sit for a second. The weapon was intended to visit death and destruction upon people, period. There is nothing. If you look at the, the, um, Leaked opinion from Roe v. Wade. Right. What the court appears to be hanging its hat on is that abortion is not expressly considered in the Constitution. Neither is carrying a military-grade weapon by a civilian. Everybody knows if you want to be a strict constructionist around you know, the way you want to be focus exclusively on strict original intent of the Constitution. Everybody knows that the Second Amendment right to bear arms had a very specific purpose and a very specific historical reference that has nothing to do with carrying a military-grade weapon right now. Mm -hmm. I believed that after Sandy Hook, Mm -hmm. after 25- and 6-year-olds were slaughtered, I believed wrongly that this country would stand up and do something when babies were massacred. Mm -hmm. And here we are 10 years later and not one, not two, not three, not four, not 50, not a hundred mass shootings, but hundreds of mass shootings later, we are still having this discussion, what is wrong with us? So the House has passed two bills. that have just gone to the Senate to die, you know, to just mm-hmm. sit and, and not, uh, not be be moved on. And, and I, you know, I hesitate to say this, because I know that people will say I'm advocating for anarchy, and I'm not. But I do believe that we are going to have to take to the streets and literally sit in the streets in D.C. to get common sense gun laws passed. There is no reason in the world that military-grade weapons should should be in the hands of civilians. I think we have got to um, punish straw purchasers, and I think we have got to eliminate the ability to produce ghost guns. Now, listen, once we get all that out of the way, we are not going to legislate nor incarcerate our way out of the crime issues, the violence that we see, but we can educate, we can empower, and we can employ our way out of it. We can actually provide mental health services to people. We can actually deal with the generational trauma that is causing the acting out that we're seeing. We can actually address the root cause of the violence, right? And address the issue of access to guns.
1: Well said, and totally agreed. Look, I, I appreciate this. Uh, I do believe that this gun um, epidemic, this violence that is mm-hmm. uh, ridiculous. Needs to be something that we can't debate about. We just have to do.
0: Got to do. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, especially when we look at other countries like the United Kingdom, Australia, Japan, these other uh, modernized first, you know, let's say uh, not third world, but you know, first world countries that have mm-hmm. basically less uh, deaths per year than we'd have in a summer <laughs> here in Chicago. We, and we it,
0: have in a week. Yeah, I mean, we, we having have in a week. weekend. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's absolutely outrageous that they figured it out. And we're still debating that. Uh, does it even exist?
0: There was nothing to figure out. You know what they did? They banned military assault weapons. They decided that everybody didn't need to have access to a gun and they d- they don't mass produce them. I mean, it's just the bottom line. It's really not that hard. That's and, true. you know, kudos to the families at Sandy Hook. You know what it took for them? They bankrupted Remington.
1: Economic justification for everything. (laughs) And that's definitely Mm -hmm. the the stride that we need to focus on. Karen, this has been an amazing episode. Where can the people connect with you, support you? Obviously, we know the primary is coming up, but where can they support you?
0: They can support me at VoteKaren.com. So Vote, K-A-R-I-N, Karen with an I, VoteKaren.com. I welcome the support. I welcome the vote on June 28th. I am vying to become your congresswoman. Awesome, y'all. Get out and vote. June the 28th is
1: going down. No excuses. If you do not vote, you cannot complain. That's the mm. cradle of every argument. Support. Go to the votecaren.com, Support her on the website. Support her in the polls. Don't just say, hey, I got your back. You know we do? Hey, I got you. And then on the 28th, be knocked out. Be like, man, next time. Oh, yeah. man. You know?
0: right. yeah, Go mean-
1: support. Go vote. If you want to keep seeing amazing leaders, uh, like future Congresswoman Carrie Norton Reeves, you know what you got to do. Hit me up Instagram, at CVMK33, and on the business page, CVMK underscore global YouTube. We're all great podcasts. It's seen, heard, and felt YouTube at K and the website, because I'm not going to let you get away with it. Where the best sports supplements are www.cvmkglobal.store.
0: And until next time, guys, thanks.